Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza. This is Jay Kokorowski. We got the Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski, here on a Wednesday evening. We are less than 24 hours away from opening day 2019 in your Milwaukee Brewers. Welcome to St. Louis Cardinals to town, 1.10 p.m. Central Time start, and Yoli Chassin will get the start for the Brewers. Scotty, this is, I mean, along with maybe March Madness uh, would be another, you know, the first two days of March Madness potentially could be a national holiday throughout this this great country. Having the ability to enjoy opening day, it should be a national holiday with that in the first two days of March Madness, in my opinion. Do you agree? I don't know. I skip opening day now because of the drunks. Um, I used to make it a thing. I had gone to like 30 in a row, but I never went there to drink because I'm a baseball guy. Like I went there for baseball. So we always go game two. So we'll be going Friday. And that's, I call that real fans opener. So, um, so that'll be fun. We're excited about that. But um, obviously I'm excited about the season starting and, you know, baseball's my, baseball's my thing, but, I, I, I'm not going to – we're going to get right into that. We'll get right into to my my fears and concerns. I'm very concerned about this team this year. Um, you know, and I know, you know, people say, in Craig we trust, and, you know, he got him as far as he could. There's a couple of things at play, though. Number one is um, they lost their pitching coach, and I think he did a lot to help maneuver some of these things and get them with air. And they're also going to be without Corey Knable probably for the year. We haven't confirmed that yet, but that's probably how it's looking. And at least for the first couple of weeks, be without Jeffress. So this whole bullpenning things uh, hits a snag. And, and really the, the, the most important thing I want people to understand, and I'm going to read it off again really quick. I'm going to give you the Brewers schedule for the first two months of the season. And you'll see why I'm concerned. They start out with four with St. Louis. St. Louis has retooled their bullpen and they added Goldschmidt. Pretty good. Then they go three to Cincinnati. Maybe the most improved team. Not ready to pick them for the playoffs yet, but they're certainly better, right? Come home for the Cubs. Then you go out to L.A. and play back-to-back series against the Angels and then the Dodgers. Okay. Back home for the Cardinals. Then four with the Dodgers. Then on the road to St. Louis, okay? Then you follow that series with a road series against the Mets. Mm -hmm. Home with the Rockies, another playoff team, okay? Um, Home with the Mets, home with the Nationals. And that takes you through At the Phillies, at Atlanta, okay? That takes you through mid-May, and then they have two with – Two with the Reds, and then three more with the Phillies before the schedule starts to lighten up on them. So through May 26, that is a meat grinder of a schedule. Okay, it's the type of schedule you would have liked to have a starting pitcher that you can trust to get you six innings and a couple of bullpen arms, not just a healthy Josh Hader. And there is where my fear comes in because they could be. By the end of May, or by at least the 26th of May, 8 to 10 games under 500. And, yeah, still still with a chance to, you know, roll off some wins and whatnot, but you really put yourself in a precarious situation. 
And we've said, I've said before, you can't, you don't win the pennants in April and May, but you can darn sure lose them. This could be an example of that. I don't trust the starting pitching. I'm glad that the three young pitchers are getting a shot. I would have preferred to see a veteran added to this rotation and give two of those young pitchers a shot. You know, a guy, maybe it was Dallas Keuchel. Maybe you make a trade. Maybe you do something else. But I just don't trust the rotation. I think you're going to burn out your bullpen potentially by the time you hit June 1st, and you're going to have some problems. Um, the way you could have countered those problems would have been maybe the addition of Craig Kimbrell, but you hear the Brewers say, oh, well, we've maxed out our payroll. We're good now until midseason. There might not be a midseason for them as far as adding pieces, right? So I'm I'm concerned. I, I'm really concerned. I like the offense. I think they're going to have to try to outscore some folks. But, again, that, that depending on how the rotations shape up, there's some really good pitching teams. So, like that Washington series, what if you get Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin? I mean, you don't know how it's going to lay out yet, right? I and mean, you could you could really the Mets. What if you get the Grom, Syndergaard, and um, Wheeler? It, you could really be in, where outscoring a team might not be an option. See what I'm saying? So, uh, boy, it's it's go, it's going to be interesting. And like I said, their June schedule gets a little easier. Again, at least on paper, we don't know how teams are going to come out of the gate, right? But on paper, June looks like it's so. Maybe if you can get to June 500. Right. Maybe you're in a driver's seat, even if you're five games out, right? But it, it's it's going to be tough, Jake. I'm telling you, I would have. I I really think, as much as you know, we, we have to give kudos to to David Stearns for the things he's done. There's also some of the things he hasn't done. You know, in this case, you know, I'm not even going to go back and look at history, like when they traded Mitch Haniger for nothing. But um. Just this offseason, I think that it's great to have a young pitching staff, but you're really counting on three of them to, to develop and take that next step all in one season. That's a lot to to to, to kind of roll the dice on and, and to put in your hope chest, right? So we'll see. And I know it sounds like, you know, you, people don't want to hear negativity. I get it. Look, I want this team to be great. You know that. Um well, we're going to have to take it series at a time. And it starts with a four-game set with the Cardinals. And the Cardinals, like I said, they look they look pretty good. Um, they look pretty good. They got a decent pitching staff. They'll throw Flaherty and, and McCullis at you right away out of the gate. And uh, they still have Michael Waka. And, again, Paul Goldschmidt, who they inked now to an extension. So he'll be in the Central Division for a couple years now. And uh, they, Figure the talent in this division between the Yellages and the Goldschmidts and the Chris Bryants. Uh, Cincinnati soon with uh, Nick Senzel will be up soon. Uh, you, you mentioned some of the things. There's a lot of really good the schedule to start division. off with. A lot of Central Division opponents, uh, good ones with that. Starting with Cardinals, obviously tomorrow. You have Chicago. You have you know you said the upstart Reds. Right. Yeah. Seven, seven a, with the Dodgers, three series in the first month against St. Louis as well. And you also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to test this young starting rotation, which schedule. right now you're looking at scene. You have Brandon Woodruff, who, by the way, if you, um, I mean, he earned some praise earlier this week. There was an article and talking about. 
Let me see if I can find it real quick. This is great podcasting. It was a an article with a scout talk that writes for, I think it's Baseball America, basically breaking down some of the young players and uh, young pitchers around. He's a former scout and said, yeah, it was Baseball America. And he said that Brandon Woodruff, Woodruff was in the number two pitcher that stood out to him. And then also we had number 11 being Zach Brown. Okay. Uh, our number 10 out of 11, Zach Brown. Uh, with Woodruff, he said, just letting wow. people know about that. You guys can go to Baseball America okay. and look this up. But, uh, you know, he said, basically, you know, he adjusted his delivery. I mean, and see, fastball velocity against the 96-98 range, while sitting 95-96 with a plus arm side run and sink. This is exactly from verbatim from the article there. Um he says with three off-speed pitches that grade as 60s, an elite fastball and solid command, he's easily an above-average starter right now. If he, can t- if he improves the command of his off-speed pitches, and I think he can, this is what the scout says, uh, and that's what he said there verbatim, there is potential for Woodruff to be a 70-grade starter at his peak, quote-unquote. Uh, that We'll see on there. I mean, they're going young. They're going young with the pitching stat. With, uh, right, well, we'll, with see. Right, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, because you got him, you got you got Corbin Burns, you got Peralta, and until Jimmy Nelson makes some starts in the minors, because he will not start on the rotation, it's flipping Zach Davies. I'm I am so over the Davies Anderson, uh, whatever, it, and yeah. no lefties at all, by the way, which is also kind of a weird anomaly because there's some really good lefty hitters that they're going to face early on that can mash. That can absolutely mash Bryce Harper seven times, just to name a few, right? All the lefties the Dodgers have. Uh, very interesting that you have no left-handed starter in this. Um, you didn't go out and acquire one, and, and the only guy that's left-handed, Brett Suter, is not ready. You know, um, he won't probably won't be ready until July or August. So this is interesting. Very interesting to see how this pitching staff. And again, you look at the bullpen, and this is how the bullpen's going to start because they don't have Jeffress for a few weeks, and again, probably not going to have Canable. So obviously, you start out with you know uh, Josh Hader. That's where it all starts. But then guys like Jacob Barnes, um, Alexander Claudio, Trevor Williams, and newly signed Alex Wilson, and and maybe Matt Elbers. I mean, you know, he had a rough year last year. Those guys have to – they're going to have to step it up a notch or two and because they're going to have to be the bridge to – right now it looks like Hayter the closer until Jeffers is able to come back. And that's why even the, the Kimbrough thing, well, you can always sign him. If you just signed him two weeks ago, he'd probably be ready to start the season. If you if you wait and he's ready in mid-May, it could be too late. You, you understand? Like if, if that's your, your thought process, you got to go for it because here's the no risk. Let's say you sign him for a lot of money for a one-year deal. If the Brewers falter and they stink, you trade him at the trade deadline. Right. And you're only on the hook for about 60% of the salary then. See what I mean? Like, yeah. But if, yeah. if you're I mean, good and you're I think they did a good job in terms of getting Wilson, who was two, you know, 336 ERA in 59 games last year, 223 batting average, opposing batting average with a 1.05 whip. So that that's good there. It's not obviously Jeffress. It's not Canable with their arms and their abilities. But uh, again, we'll see what happens 
uh, and, and how they break out with the pitching there. We'll see what guys like Woodruff and Peralta and Burns too. Keep an eye on this bullpen arm. They signed him late last week to Josh Fields. He'll start in the minors because he didn't have any spring training time. But he's a guy who last year had a 2.20 ERA with the Dodgers. Um, 41 innings, struck out 33, had a whip under one. Two years in a row had a whip under one. So there's a guy that you'll probably see in the moving parts as they move guys up and down the roster to, to cover right. some innings, depending on how things go in a certain series, right? But Josh Fields is a guy that probably mid-April, late April, you'll probably see him up here as well. A veteran arm, 32 years old. Patrick is another guy that will probably make his way up at some point. I mean, one of the things they did last year that was successful, they would move arms up and down. They want to make sure they utilize as many, you know, guys with options to, you know, and use those the way you can. And, and another guy you had mentioned earlier, you know, I don't know if we'll see him this year or next year, but Zach Brown, depending on what he's able to do. Um, J.J. Hoover is still down in the minors. He's a guy with some veteran, you know, logs some veteran time as a major leaguer. So you're going to see a lot of moving parts, I guess. Is And then I, I do like with Junior Gare and Chase Anderson. I told you I'm done with Chase Anderson as a starter. But if you're getting your brains kicked in and you want to save your bullpen, you throw him out there for five innings and let him take it. I mean, because he's a guy who comes from a role of being a starter that can throw 80, 90 pitches. He's a great sacrificial lamb. And you hate – I mean, I'm sure no pitcher wants to be told they're the sacrificial lamb, but it's not a bad tool to have, especially with this rough schedule early on. Sometimes you just save your bullpen by yeah, letting uh, Chase let's, Anderson let's, take let's, some Let's off. think a little more positively uh, with this, and let's look at the, the lineup. Uh, obviously, Yasmani Grandal at catcher. You have Mike, they resigned Mike Moustakas, who has transitioned to be the second baseman. Travis Shaw's at third. You and then you obviously have the returning outfield, the Yelich, Kane, and Braun with Ben Gamel taking over kind of that fourth outfielder spot with Domingo Santana heading out to Seattle via trade. That, that's their weak spot. You don't like Gamble? Their weak spot is their fourth outfield. I like the rest of the what don't you like about them. I don't like Gamble. No. Um, uh, he's not that good. Uh, he, he's not as good as Domingo Santana. Now, I know that that wasn't a one-for-one one trade because the Brewers got a prospect in there. I get that. He's not as good as Domingo Santana. And I think that there's somewhere they could have addressed something in free agency for cheap. Let me give you just a, one cheap example. Let me give you two. Curtis Granderson got signed for cheap by Miami. He's going to be their leadoff hitter this year. Um, Gerardo Parra got signed to a minor league deal and ended up making the team. Hunter Pence got signed to a minor league deal. He's going to come off the bench, and he made the roster for Texas. So any of those would have been better options than Gamble. Um, Because you know, the one thing you know for sure is even on his best years now, Ryan Brown's only going to give you 120 games. Okay, and and I'm probably being uh, generous, right? Let's be fair. So that's 42 starts you're going to need somebody else out there for. Plus, you know, you're probably going to give 15 days off to Kane, and that's provided if he's healthy, you know, right? So now you're at 55 starts, Yelly maybe 10. Now you're talking about 65 starts you need from from somebody or or more. 
you know, not and that, and that doesn't even take into account the DH slots and you play at the American League parks. So you could have found a guy that you could trust out there to give you potentially 80 games in the outfield. Gamble's not that guy. Look at, I mean, just look at how he projects out. Now, I know Hernan Perez can play the outfield. I get that. Um, I know you still have Thames as as of right now. He's made the uh, the team. Um, but again, kind of an all or nothing guy who can't really hit lefties, right? Um, but yeah, Ben. Get, I mean, you have Corey Spangenberg in the minors. He can play everywhere. Maybe he's an option. But Gamble just he. I'm looking at his stats right now. His career stats. All right, so last year, 257 at-bats. He had 272, one home run. Um, the year before, 2017, 36 walks, 122 Ks. Um, I, I don't know. I just I just thought there were other options out there. We'll see. He's turning 27. 27 is usually the year that guys hit their prime. Uh, well, some guys hit it earlier, and guys like Elio Jimenez and and Juan Soto are already looking right, great right, at right. 19 and 20, respectively. But you know what I mean. 27 is that year where maybe this is your breakout year. He's going to get shots. He's going to get 250 to 350 at bat. So we'll see. He can prove me wrong. That's I just thought they could have done better at that spot. Um, and, 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 and cheap options. They didn't have to break the bank to do it. You know, I just named three off the top of my head, and that was without doing any research. So – um, you know, like, I mean, would you be opposed to a Hunter Pence on the bench for this team for, you know, $400,000 a year, right? I mean, very guy who's been there before. So, but, but we'll see. And again, council likes to mix and match. You'll see Hernan Perez play some short. You'll see uh, Mustaka play some third when Shaw has off and Hernan Perez can play second. The, the the art of the utility player, as long as you don't give him more than 300, 350 at-bats, a guy like Perez is very valuable to this team. He starts to show his weaknesses when you give him 500 at-bats in a year. But you give him 300, 350 play appearances and you move him around, he's a great tool to have, you know, everywhere. So, you know, let's not forget, he could play in the corners. He, he probably won't play center field, but he can certainly play corners. Yeah, so no, I'm going to say – what what was your take on the Grandal trade or not trade signing? And I mean, it sounds like they got a good deal for him for the one year. Yeah, it's a great deal. It's an upgrade. It's definitely an upgrade. Uh, the sad part about the upgrade is you end up losing Aircrats. I mean, cause right? You, you you really keep all three of them, and it's too bad. Kratz is a good guy. Um, Hopefully, wherever he ends up, he's gonna. Uh, who who'd they trade him? San Francisco, Francisco yeah. yep. is that right? Yeah. Hopefully, he makes that roster, and and you know he's a good dude. He's a great clubhouse guy. One of the things that you can't put on paper is you know when they, that team galvanized last year, and he was one of those guys in the clubhouse. Him and Braun were the guys in the clubhouse who galvanized everybody. Who you know was that locker room leader? I mean, and I, I'm Grandal could be that guy too. You know, um, but that's one of the things that Kratz brought to the table. I mean, off, then defensively, he was really good. Offensively, he was hit or miss. But, you know, that that veteran leadership was huge. But on paper, statistically, Grandal is definitely an upgrade. And um, I, I like that piece of it because uh, offensively they should be better. And the other piece of the puzzle I really want to see is what happens with Orlando Arcia? Does he build off of that? that playoff run he had as he finished the season really, really strong? 
or um, does he uh, does he slip back to the way he uh, looked? Um, you know, early last year when he was really struggling. So you need him to take the next step. It's about next steps. If he takes the next step and everybody else does, you know, stays where they were and you're already better at catcher, Aguilar stays where he was or gets a little bit better, they're going to score runs. I, I, I don't feel like that's going to be the issue. I still feel it's pitching that concerns me more than anything. And then obviously health. I mean, you hate to start the season with three guys on the IL already, right? I mean, last year, one of the things that helped them was they were very, very healthy. And and you can't, you know, those are things you can't predict. But they were very healthy last year. And this year, you know, right, you're starting out with two bullpen guys and Jimmy Nelson on the IL. That's now they call it, not the DL anymore. The IL. Got to get used to some stuff. The other thing I got to get used to is the stupid rules they're putting in place next, especially when next year where a pitcher has to pitch the three batters when he comes in. We'll talk more about that later. That's asinine. But so okay, but it is it is what it is. So let's go into we've spent about twenty minutes on the Brewers. Let's look at the, the NL Central real quick. Who do you got coming out of the Central with the division? And, and how many wildcard teams do you think come from the division as well? Um, I'm picking the Cubs. Cardinals is the wild card. I'm picking the Brewers at 81 and 81. Um, right now, again, this is my prediction. You're holding me to it on March 27th. I could be as wrong as I was last year, but that's where we sit right now. Cubs win it. Cardinals are the wild card team. I think the Phillies win their division. Washington's the wild card team. I think the Dodgers win their division. They're the only team to come out of the West. Going, I was say American League. Who do you got then? Yankees win the East. Houston wins the West. Cleveland wins the Central. Um, Boston's a wild card team. And here's the surprise. You ready? The Minnesota Twins are going to be a wild card team this year. Interesting. Why is that? Why? What? What? What makes you go with with Minnesota to do so? Well, well I'm glad you asked. So, other than the fact that I think you're going to see another step up from their young 24 year old pitcher Berrios, um, I like some of the moves they made. You bring in a Nelson Cruz, okay? You bring in a Jonathan Scope, who's going to have a bounce back year. I, I really believe it. You bring in a Marwin Gonzalez, who can play everywhere. He'll start at third base early on while Miguel Sano gets healthy. So those are three really good pieces that you're bringing in right off the bat. And then, like Barrios, I mentioned that. I think you're going to see a little bit of a bounce back from Pineda. I don't think the back of their rotation is very good. But I think they can win enough games against the rest of the dregs in the Central, like the Detroits and Kansas Cities and Chicago's of the world, that they can pad some wins and just do enough to get a wild card spot. Wow. And then, all right, way too early predictions, right? We're still talking about it. What looks good to you for the World Series and who takes it home? Um, I think we're going to see a throwback to the 70s. As much as I like Houston, and they could easily get there, I think we're going to see Dodgers, Yankees, and I think this is the Yankees' year. I mean, you know, again, the Yankees broke a record last year for home runs, and that's only going to get better. But the other thing they did in the offseason was they addressed their biggest deficiency. 
their biggest deficiency, obviously, was starting pitching. So they go out and they get Paxton from from uh, Seattle, and you know they have J. A. Happ. They were able to re-sign him. You throw those two in there with you know Tanaka, and then obviously they have to get healthy. Severino has to get healthy. I mean, that's the, that's the piece early on. They won't have him at a hundred percent. But that when he's healthy, that's a pretty good one through four. And you get in the postseason, you don't need your fifth starter. You 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 if you got four guys that are hitting on all cylinders, you can go pretty far. And I, that's why I'm 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 feeling Yankees this year. Interesting. All right. Um, any other major headline? We didn't get a chance to talk, talk about this. Mike Trout getting that four was it four hundred and thirty dollar four hundred and thirty million dollar extension. Uh, thoughts on his signing and what it means for guys like Christian Yelich and others uh, looking for that payday as well. Well, I mean, guys are going to get paid, but there's only one Mike Trout. Mike Trout's the face of this game right now. And you can make arguments about Harper, who I believe in the poll came out today amongst players, Harper, amongst major league players, Bryce Harper was named most overrated player. He had a great season, a great season. Okay. Um, And then he's had some average years, but Mike Trout, if there's, again, that kind of money is crazy. And I would never sit here and say, oh yeah, that makes sense. You should pay guys that. But if there's anybody who deserves it in the sport of baseball, it's Mike Trout. The guy's work ethic is is amazing. He's there. He's the first one there, even as Mike Trout, even as a superstar. He's the first one there. He's the last one to leave. He keeps trying to get better and better and better and find even better ways to improve the, a game where he's already the top player in it. So with that, I, I think that it's it's great. Now, there there aren't a lot of other Mike Trouts. Christian Yelich is good. Um, Machado, good on the field. Harper, there's a lot of good, really great players, but there's only one Mike Trout. And if anybody was going to deserve that money, again, it's a lot of money. I get it. Anything else? If anybody baseball, deserved it, that, uh, I think it's him. maybe the one thing uh, last week with Ichiro uh, retiring and the send off in Japan. I thought that was a nice moment. I caught that actually at the gym uh, early in the morning. I thought that was a nice send off. In, in, in a nice way to send off his career yeah, for me has too. to be a and first bat. Is he only, a first ballot Hall of Famer? I have is not, he, he is for me. He didn't come to the league three or four years earlier because he, he'd be the all-time hits league. There's no doubt. I mean, look at his production. This guy was a hitting machine. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, should be. I mean, I never try to predict anything the baseball writers of America are going to do. Because remember, there were some people who thought Ted Williams and Babe Ruth didn't deserve to get in on the first ballot because there were some people that didn't vote for them. So put that in perspective. There are some people who didn't think Ted Williams should be a Hall of Famer because he was not a unanimous first. So just think about that for a minute. So I'll never predict that he'll be unanimous, but he's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. Anything else you want to touch base on, brother? You know about the 28-minute yeah, mark here on the show. On the, the final Anything else that, that you wanted that uh, to touch Wisconsin base on before Marquette we take it home? Embarrass themselves. I'm sorry, they did. They both did. Um, oh yeah, no, no. I mean, the the, the 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 shooting for Wisconsin was terrible, and Marquette ran and jumped into John Morant uh, and didn't play. And well. turned the ball over way too many times. I mean, that was the trend. The last 
eight games. They were just a turnover machine, and, and it, it continued, right? Um, the thing with Wisconsin that was disappointing is Big Ten schools won every first-round game in the NCAA tournament and every first-round game in the NIT tournament except for one school, and it was Wisconsin. So um, I guess we should talk more as we get into the summer because I, I want your feelings on – from a recruiting standpoint, what's what's coming up? They need some shooters. They're losing their best player in half. What's on the horizon? And we can talk more about that because I'm honestly interested and concerned because, you know, I like the grittiness and they play good defense. And I get that. But you got to knock down shots um, to stay at that level of being a, a contender for the title, or the conference title, and a contender to be a Sweet 16 team. You can't have the type of shooting you had this year and be that. So I want to talk about that. Marquette's recruiting looks good for 2020, but next year they only have one player coming in and they're losing obviously their best player. So they could take a step back and that could spell doom for Wojo with coach Wojo. He could lose his job at the end of next season if they take too big of a step back. But I'm curious and we can delve more in it later about what Wisconsin's got coming. Yeah, no, it's a big thing where, with the, I think with my final four, I still got Duke. I got, yeah, I got Duke, Virginia. I have, was it Michigan and North Carolina? And those are my final four still, and I'm still going with those guys. And I think Duke over Virginia. I right got now. three of my four still alive, but my final four is a little bit crazy. You want to hear it? Yeah. What was, what are, All right. I took Michigan State. I took. Texas Tech, I took Auburn, and I took Kansas State. Kansas State's obviously out. But interestingly, I didn't take a single number one. I took a two, three, four, and a five. Um, Interesting. I still got three alive. But, man, Kansas State, that loss hurt because I lost that Final Four team pretty early. But but I still – and then my championship was Michigan State over Auburn. So I still have that. I still have that alive. So we'll – We'll see how right I am. It could blow up by seven thirty tomorrow. It could be done. It could be done. But, exactly. But for now, I'm I'm still got a heartbeat. So. On that note, yeah. Um, next week we'll we'll get back together. We got WrestleMania to talk about. Uh, we'll go through some of the matches, not all seven hundred of them. Uh, yeah, but, right. we'll be here all week if we want to do right. that. Exactly. But we'll we'll talk about that we'll talk wrestling we'll we'll recap some brewer talk we'll uh dive in maybe into some spring ball as well for wisconsin that's starting back up i uh, started yesterday on tuesday and what they'll uh, media will finally have access on looks like on the 2nd of april so i will be there uh for bucky smith quarter to make and then you guys will see all our reports there and breaking down just uh, the quarterback competition, among many other things going on as well. So um, anything else, brother, before we take it home? Well, that's that's a good action-packed 30-minute uh, podcast there. And uh, I, other than I'm amped for baseball season, and I want the Brewers to make me eat my words because you know I'm not rooting against them. And one of the things I, I realized as I got older when I was younger, I always wanted to be proved right. And when you get older, you want to be proved wrong. So um, – Prove me wrong again, Craig. Let's uh, let's get another playoff berth. On that note, folks, uh, we'll take take. Uh, let's see, we'll check you guys next week. Thanks for listening, and make sure to follow on iTunes. On uh, I believe we're on Stitcher, and then also 
of course, on Blog Talk Radio. And we'll catch you guys next week here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza.